0: Welcome to Coffee with Kim. I'm Kim Kelp and every week you and I sit down with fascinating, smart and talented leaders, CEOs and founders so that we can copy their homework. If someone knows how to do something really well, I wanna know what it is and exactly how they're doing it. Get ready for aha moments, gems of wisdom and little known tips and tricks that we can steal and use in our own lives. If you want to join these conversations and ask these experts your own questions no point in just me having all the fun join us on wednesdays at 1 p.m eastern live over on linkedin greetings friend from a very frosty austin texas so my tea is piping hot today i hope your caffeine in whatever form it comes in is also doing the trick for you too If you haven't already, say hi in the chat, let us know where you're coming in from, perhaps what's in your cup, or maybe just something new and exciting that's going on with you. I wanted to say a big hi to Kat. It's so good to see you, to Jim, to Sandip, to Ryan, to Christopher, to Jeff. We just have such a great group coming in today, so don't be shy. I know sometimes it can be like, oh, I don't want to type my name in. What if I type something silly? there's no silly typing here. The chat is where it's at. So say hello, let us know where you're coming in from. I am really jazzed on today's talk because as I was thinking about February and kind of getting into the new year, we have like our new year's resolutions and goals like already churning a little bit. So now it's really the question of how do we pour gasoline on the fire, right? How do we supercharge the goals and resolutions that we've already set? How do we make sure that those are happening the fastest way possible and in the best way possible so when i was thinking about this i immediately thought of our guest today maya who i'm so excited for you to meet because when you hear her story and sort of the the angle and the knowledge that she's coming from it can resonate with all of us and some of the powerful points that i want to highlight for you if you haven't done your google stalking hopefully while i'm talking you're doing a little google stalking on her but if not kind of, I'll fill you in on the top line, which is, you know, she has started her career, restarted her career, not once, but twice. So restarted, reinvigorated her career at 28, and then did the whole thing again at 37. And when she decided to kind of reinvigorate, reinvent, reinstill these tactics and tips that she's going to share with us, she was able to supercharge her career, landing 10 10 promotions in 15 years and ultimately being named one of LinkedIn's top 200 voices and influencers for 2022 and being a LinkedIn learning instructor. So she has a whole bunch of career advice about promotions and leveling up that I am really excited for all of us to dig into today. So if you have questions, comments, you're like, Maya, I have one more thing about this. That's what the chat's for, it's a group conversation. I don't wanna steal all the goodness from her myself. I want you to be able to get that goodness too. So make sure to ask it over in the chat. So without further ado, I hope you'll raise your caffeine, whatever is in your cup, and help me welcome Maya to our coffee chat. Hi, how's it going? Oh my gosh, it is so
1: great. I'm actually in Austin too. So we're sharing the frost today. (laughs)
0: We are sharing the frigid weather, but we're going to warm up with all of this amazing goodness that you have to offer. And so I just want to say, first and foremost, like, wow, like just (laughs) your whole career, just, you know, wow, what a unique skill set and position that you have. I mean, I'm sure you hear this all the time, but that it's, it's incredible.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. To be honest, it didn't start that way. I didn't always have like the career of my dreams. I didn't always, you know, were able to feel the confidence and level up. I actually spent the first seven years stuck. So I know what it looks like and I know how to break the cycle and actually teach yourself how to grow your career.
0: I, I love this. And so for somebody who might be kind of leaning forward as, as they hear you talking, like, yes, my, like, that's me. Like, I don't have my dream job. Like, I'm trying to get it. How did you, how did you become unstuck? How did you pour that gasoline on the fire and sort of reinfigurate your career? Not once, but twice.
1: <laughs> well, it actually started even earlier. I, you know, was fresh out of college, took the first job that I could find. And I was a travel agent. I didn't really want to be one, but it was a good job. So I took it and I stayed with the company for almost seven years and it wasn't a bad job, right? It was a really nice company and I was slowly growing. I would say in those seven years, I maybe had like two promotions, but it wasn't my dream. It wasn't what I wanted to do. It was easy. It was convenient, but I never stopped and asked myself, hey, is this what you really want? And, you know, then I was just finishing my bachelor's and I majored in marketing and it seemed so exciting. And I thought, oh my gosh, I can can have a career doing this, but how do I pivot? How do I go from a travel agent to a marketer? And I literally had no one around me who was doing marketing. So there was no one I could ask. And I had to make a decision. I had to realize that it's up to me. No one's coming to save me. No one's going to solve this problem for me. I need to take control of my own career and make it happen. And so I did. So I thought about it for a really long time because I had to find a solution. And I didn't want to quit everything and start from scratch. So I went to my manager and I said, you know, I have spent so much time learning about marketing in my degree and I want to get, you know, hands-on experience. What if I did some marketing for the company for free in my spare time? It will give me a little bit of experience, but it will give you the exposure that you need. And at that point, I was there for almost seven years. They really knew me. They liked me. And they said, yeah, of course. And I spent six months building Facebook and Twitter from the ground up and creating content and driving traffic and doing all the things you need to have real marketing experience. And then six months later, I was able to land a marketing job. And actually start my marketing career.
0: That's so great because you basically had an internship in the marketing department within the company you were already at which is a brilliant tactic for anybody who's wanting to shift departments and I I love this point that Jeff brings up so for someone that might be thinking of themselves you know I, I might be interested in marketing or sales or, you know, HR or some of these other department, what, what questions should you kind of be asking yourself when you're thinking about, you know, those, those types of career shifts and, and are you shifting into something, you know, I know sometimes we get like grass is greener. So you think yeah. like marketing is going to be so much better. And then you get over to marketing and you're like, Oh wait, it's, it's not as, <laughs> as green as I thought it was. What, what questions did you ask yourself during that time?
1: Well, I think then I was just excited, but I learned later in my career that you really do need to ask questions. And here's why. After I had that marketing job for a little while, I wanted to expand. I was doing social media. I figured I want to go to the next level. I want to do digital marketing. It was all the rage. And instead of actually looking into that role, I just went out, I got a job. And about four months later, I realized I hate it. I hate digital marketing. I spent I had to spend so much time in front of a spreadsheet. I didn't like it. It was just the wrong direction for me. So here's what I tell people to do right now. When you think you want to look into something and maybe you have a few different directions that you want to go, go talk to people who have the job you want to have. It's that simple. They will tell you what the day-to-day looks like. They will tell you what it takes to get there. They will give you the insights that you can Google. That will actually give you an indication about whether or not this is going to be interesting for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Almost do almost like interviewing them. Like what's your life like? What's your day to day like?
1: Yeah. Because you want to make sure that's the life you want because, you know, to your point, the grass is not always greener. It might look, look nice from the outside, but you want to know the truth. You want to know exactly what it means to do that type of work. And then you can ask yourself, you know, am I going to enjoy doing that? Do I feel like this is something exciting and challenging and interesting? And two, will it get me closer to my goals? Now, this is a big one, because when I think about career, I think about the long term, not just the next step. And every position that I took was part of my journey for me to the top to become a CMO, And if you don't know what you want to do in 10 years, that's perfectly fine. But you need to start thinking beyond the next level, just a little bit further. You know, what would be exciting? What would be fun in the next couple of years? And then make decisions based on what will actually get you there.
0: A hundred percent. And I'm curious for someone who might be sitting with us today that's thinking to themselves, okay, okay you know, I like the career that I'm in, you know, I like sales or, you know, I like marketing, but, you know, kind of what you touched on before, you know, Hey, I sound like Maya where I've had a job for seven years and I've only moved up once or twice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how, how can you propel yourself forward? Is it that you have to leave the company? Is it, are there tactics that you can implement with your current company? How can you kind of get unstuck from that?
1: Yeah, I think the first thing is actually a mindset shift because I think a lot of people assume that a promotion is a reward for doing your job well. And it's actually not. If you do more of the same, you're going to keep your job. You're not going to get fired, but it's not an indication that you're ready for the next level. A promotion is actually a vote of confidence from the company that you can do next level work. And if you don't demonstrate that you can do it, You know, they're not going to take a chance on you. People have more important things to worry about than your career. So step number one, realize it's your job and that it's not about you. It's about the company. It's about how you're going to add more value and demonstrate that you can do next level work. So the first step is mindset shift. If you can do that, then you actually need to take action. And again, it's not just about your work. It's not just about the hours you put in. Those can have an impact, but you actually need a lot more. And when I teach about this, I actually have a method called startup, and it includes five elements that you need to get promoted. The first one is strategy. Okay. You need to have a plan. Things don't magically happen. You need to set things in motion. Okay. You need to have a clear direction of where you want to go so you can pour all of your energy in the right direction. So step number one is strategy. And then you really need to have an advocacy team. You need people who will go to bat for you because when the decision about your promotion is made, you're not going to be in the room. You're not going to be able to talk about yourself and your achievements. So you need someone else who will do it for you. You also need to work on your reputation. Just because you do work doesn't mean that people know and notice. You need visibility and you need to tie your own success to the company's success. You do need to have some achievements, right? So if you're just doing your job, if you're performing at a very average level, you may not get noticed. But if you can exceed expectations, if you can do your job really well, that's when you're going to get attention. And you're also going to be able to demonstrate that you can do next level work. And lastly, and this is a step that everyone skips, but it's actually very, very important. You need to put together a business case. You need to sell yourself to the company. You need to demonstrate what you have done and why you deserve that
0: promotion. And I think and what is, five... what do one of these business cases look like? I'm so intrigued by this. Yeah. So I actually have a template
1: that I use, but it can come in different forms. The goal is to demonstrate on a very um, like KPI oriented. You want to have metrics that actually demonstrate. Mm-hmm. I was asked to do X, and I did. 5x that's how you really demonstrate that you made an impact you Mm want to demonstrate that you have done some next level work so for example if you're looking at a more senior role and you want to demonstrate that you have leadership skills you can talk about a project that you managed and led and the results that it actually generated and lastly and this is a massive tip i usually don't share this but i love your audience and i want them to have this you also talk about future plans. People think a promotion is just about the past, what you have done so far. No, it's not. People are going to take a chance on you. So they need to see the future that you're going to generate.
0: And is that just kind of painting a picture? I'm just imagining like I'm sitting in front of my boss or I'm sitting in front of a higher up. And when you say like paint a picture, of the future? Is it saying like, if I were to be, you know, the assistant marketing manager, these are the types of things I would implement? Or or how can you help them, I guess, see what's in your mind?
1: I would probably make it even more specific. If you've spent enough time in this current role, you actually know what the gaps are for the company. You know where they're struggling. You know where you can offer more value. So I would be very specific. I would say when I'm promoted, I will also be able to mobilize this team. I'll be able to work on this project. Talk to them about the things that they actually need. So not hypotheticals, but actual work that you're going to do to bring in more value.
0: Got it. And so if you, do you also kind of do any time bound on this? Like, do you say to yourself, okay, if I want to have, you know, this strategy put up, I'm going to have create a meeting with my boss or the higher ups. And I'm going to, after I do all of this, I'm going to wait, you know, six (laughs) weeks and see if they have an answer or how do you kind of know, I guess, what to do next? Once you've, once you've done this plan,
1: I think it really depends on where you're starting from. If you have spent six months in your current role, it is not always likely that you're ready for the next level. Sometimes you are right, but not always. Um, on the flip side, I just worked with a client who spent three years killing himself for the company he worked for, never got the recognition. And within six weeks, was able to land a promotion just because he put together this business case and spoke to the right people. So he did the work, but no one knew about it. So he was never recognized. So it really depends on where you're starting from. If you really feel confident that you can do the next level. And by the way, mm-hmm. if you don't know what the next level looks like, you need to figure it out. You need to go yeah. once again and talk to people who have the job you want to have because that's when you're going to know how big the gap is between where you are today and where you want to go. And you don't need 100% of the skills, just like when you're applying you know, uh, for jobs. You need about 70 to 80% of the skills because you're going to figure out the rest. You're going to stretch yourself and you're going to make it work. So just look at where you're at today, analyze whether or not you have the skills to do next level work. And based on that, you'll know where to start. If you're starting from scratch, you're going to have to start building skills. If you have everything that you need, just build the case, have the conversation and ask for the promotion.
0: And then I know you kind of referenced there that you yourself use a template Is that a template that you have like in digital form? Do you kind of write this out in a notebook and keep it somewhere that you can look at? How do you or what do you use with your clients to kind of help them stay focused on the goal?
1: Yeah, so it's um, definitely a digital version and it's more of a document than a presentation, but you don't always have to actually come out and give people like seven pages because they're probably not going to read it. I like writing down because it helps me focus and be more concise. And I think it really depends about who you're talking to and how they consume information. So I'll give you a really good example. One of my previous managers really didn't like long presentations, slide decks. He liked conversations, right? So if I wanted to talk to him, I would just bring coffee and we'll have a really nice chat. I worked in really big organizations where if you didn't have a presentation with 20 slides, no one was going to pay attention to you. So read the room, right? Take the basics of the things you need to demonstrate and then just make sure that you share it in a way that they're actually willing to listen.
0: I think that's such a good point and one that people miss a lot is that you need those like soft skills or like people school or, yeah. you know, street street smarts, because you're right. You have to get to know your boss or that higher up and see how how they interpret information. Like, are they a talker? Are they better with email? Do they do well with presentations? And I always say there's there's sometimes a communication barrier that people don't even realize, you know, it's like you're speaking French, but they're listening in in Greek. So you, you got to make sure that you're speaking the same language. So I think that example you just gave of you kind of did the research. I always tell people, think of yourself like James Bond or something. You're like doing like undercover research. You had done the research, you know, watching your boss and said, he does well with like fast talks. You know, like coffee chats. He doesn't do well with sitting for 30 minutes and, yeah. and looking at a presentation. And I think that is a nuanced point that so many people miss because they think, well, I made the presentation because that's how I consume information. And I always say it's not about you, it's about the other person, whoever you're speaking to. Yeah. And you gotta you gotta be speaking the language that they're speaking.
1: Exactly. And honestly, let me give your audience a tip you can ask. When I join a new company, when I have a new manager, one of the first alignment conversations are about communications. What do you prefer? Do you want to have phone conversations? Can I text you? Do you want to get emails? How do you like to get informed? Do you want me to send weekly reports or do you just want me to send like a bullet point? It is so easy. People actually appreciate it when you ask and they will give you the answer.
0: I'm I'm really glad that Andy brought up this point, because I think this is top of mind for a lot of people, especially if you're in Texas today and you have a snow day and you're at home. Um, But for people who might be remote or people who aren't necessarily getting that like face to face time, I know so much of um, getting those advocates or kind of influential people to like kind of be one of your your cheerleaders or, or big advocates a lot of that magic happens in person so if you are not in person how can you how can you get that future advocates attention or influencers attention and form a bond with them when you're not you know walking by their desk to go to the bathroom three times a day
1: yeah well you're gonna have to be a lot more intentional meaning you have to first identify who you need to talk to Not all stakeholders are created equal. And while it's great to connect with different types of people, you want to start by connecting with the people who can actually influence your promotion. And very often that's your manager, your manager's manager, and then some of the people that they trust, right? So you need to map out who is relevant first. And then what I usually recommend is that you have an agenda-free meeting. Don't talk about work right? Have a conversation like humans, just get to know them, what they care about, what they love, you know, where their kids go to school, really get to know them on a personal level as a human first. I think some people just forget that it's an option that you can actually do that. Because when you build that type of relationship, it's going to impact everything that you do moving forward on the business side. So that's step number one. You also want to really understand what they care about. What do they care about from a business perspective and from a personal perspective? Because your goal is to support them in any way that you can. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to volunteer to do their work for them. Not at all. It just means you're going to keep them top of mind. And and for example, if they're looking to hire someone, then you're going to recommend a candidate that you know. If, for example, they're struggling because they can't figure out how to solve a problem and you previously worked with an agency who can help them make the connection. Simple things that demonstrate that you're listening and that you're there to help them. When you build that type of relationship, they're very quickly going to reciprocate and make sure that they think about you, they help you, they offer to support, you know, your goals and your needs. And when the time comes, you can very easily ask them to advocate for yourself, for you.
0: And I'm curious you know when you're looking at getting on the books and getting these sort of informal conversations going with these you know influential people within the organization or potential new advocates for you What were your moves, Maya? Because I know that's one of the things that I think people gravitate towards so much as wow, like, you know, you, you got, you know, 10 promotions and that's so amazing. Did you take meetings with your boss's boss? I know sometimes that can be like a touchy subject. Yeah,
1: well, you have to be very strategic about how you do it relationships Mm -hmm. in general are crucial. The relationship with your manager is probably the most valuable one you can have. So first and foremost, build a good relationship. Get your manager to trust you. If you have that trust, it's going to be very easy to ask for a skip meeting. And you're not going to have that every single week. You're going to have it every once in a while. And you can position it as an opportunity for mentorship. You can talk about how you want to get closer to the business. You want to understand a little bit more, you know, about the management and what they're working on. Um, But be open and tell your manager that this is something you want to do. Very often, again, if you built that trust, your manager will be more than happy
0: to help you set it up. Um, and I'm curious, you know, as you think about these sort of agenda free informal meetings, I just wanted to add one thing that I think resonates well with me when when I had been asked that in the past, is I always tell people, ask for homework. So obviously, you know, this person might not be your best friend, your your BFF off the bat, um, but but it also gives a great excuse to follow up. So if you're wrapping up kind of a 30-minute informal meeting and you say to your, whether it's boss's boss or influential person or kind of um, a higher up at the company, say like, hey, what's a good podcast you think I should be listening to? Hey, what's a good book that you think I should be reading? And then actually do whatever it is they say. So read the book or sign up for the newsletter or, or do it. And then when it gives you, I think, a, a great thing a great excuse for is to keep reaching out. So you can say, Oh my gosh, I finished that book. You you recommended, wow. You know, it was so great. You know, do you have another or or something like that? And I think when you're forming to Andy's point, those relationships that are sometimes hard in a digital standpoint, because you're not together in person every day, asking for homework and then actually doing it can be a really great way to stand out. I don't know if you've had experience like that, Maya, as well, as we've kind of gone more digital and people have gotten more busy.
1: Yeah, I think that is massive. If you can do that, it's the perfect excuse to follow up. And it demonstrates that you listen, that you are the kind of person who actually executes and you're also going to benefit from it, right? You're going to do something that's going to be meaningful for you. And I can tell you as someone who jumped on so many of these calls, if someone follows up with me and shows me that they listened, I will be 10 times more likely to continue talking to them, supporting them and, you know, really advocating for them because to me, that's
0: impressive. Absolutely. And I'm curious when you you know when you want to go after these promotions, are the promotions that most of the the people that you work with or the clients that you talk to, do most of them have a monetary tie to them? And if so, what does that look like? I know some people sometimes say, well, yeah, it would be nice to have a little bit more money or have a little bit more responsibility, but I don't know what that looks like. You know what what does that look like for me?
1: Yeah, well, it definitely differs from company to company, role to role. However, I do believe that if you're doing more work, if you're solving bigger problems, you should get compensated accordingly. Now, there's a little caveat to that because when I teach people, I teach them to start doing next level work before they get the promotion, right? You're going to demonstrate, you're going to tease people, you're going to show them that you're capable, but you're not supposed to do that forever. You can do that for a couple of months while you're working on building your case, But then you need to get the recognition, whether it's from this company or whether you're going to have to change employers to get the compensation that you deserve. So I would definitely say that when it comes to promotions, you want to see uh, the equivalent raise that comes with more responsibility.
0: I I totally agree. And I was joking with somebody the other day saying, um, there, if you look at like marketing strategies for most big restaurants, chain restaurants, you'll see that like, for instance, Applebee's always does this, like, um, buy two full size meals and get an appetizer for free. Or another popular one is when you buy, you know, a, a, a main meal the kids eat for free. And so I always say like you can give away the free appetizer. You know, do the work for free for 6 weeks, 6 months, whatever allotment you you deem necessary to kind of get that. But then they got to pay for the meal. Yeah. Then then they got then they got to pay because because the freebies are over. It's just like a little freebie, and then the rest you got to pay for.
1: Yeah. And to be honest, in the last couple of weeks, what I'm seeing from a lot of people is that companies are telling them, you know what, we can, we can talk about a promotion, but we're not going to be able to compensate you right now because, you know, the times are not, you know, uh, we, we just can't afford to give you more money, even though we want you to do more work. And what I say to that, you have two options here. Well, probably three. First and foremost, Getting the title and the responsibility is still beneficial, even if you're not getting paid immediately, because when you are ready to move out to a company that will actually compensate you, you're going to have that advantage, right? You're going to, you're already going to be at the next level, but that means you're going to have to do it sometime soon. You can't just, you know, do more work forever and not get compensated. (laughs) Number two, you can negotiate. It's okay that they can do it now. Ask when, Can we put this on the calendar and speak again in six months? Can you put it in the offer letter that six months from now when things are going to get better, I will get the compensation and then negotiate what you're actually going to get at that time. It doesn't have to be, you know, black or white. You can actually find something that works for you so you get the most out of this opportunity.
0: That's such a good point because most people don't realize, you know, a lot of these big corporations, they work off fiscal budgets. So they might say, you know, my fiscal budget doesn't renew again until September or my, you know, my marketing budget doesn't uh, kind of my piggy bank doesn't get filled up again until July. So I think that's such a great point. If not now, then when? When does this get readdressed and, and find out the date? Because a lot of managers know, you know, every September, my my piggy bank gets refilled. So find out what that date is. That's, that's a great point.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we
0: don't work for free, right? <laughs> No. And I'm glad that Jesse shared this thought in this point. I know there might be other people that are thinking to themselves, well, how can I demonstrate, even if I wanted to do the work for free, what, is, what are types of free work that can level me up? And Jesse offered this, which is recently her company did a workforce survey. Uh, they got the results back, but her manager and her manager's manager obviously have uh, full plates. Very little bandwidth. And so she is taking it upon herself to create a task force to go after those survey results and maybe correct or attack some of those problem areas on behalf of her manager and her manager's manager. And so I, that was, I wanted to raise that point because that's such a great example of something that you can take off your boss's plate, but is also extremely impactful. not only them, but the entire company. Yeah. Go Jesse. That's amazing. I know (laughs) that's such a good one. Well, and I know sometimes what also can be hard for people is really just getting out of your own way. So what have you found with clients that you work with that they're just kind of, they're getting in their own way about things, or they're not Um, they're not seeing their their own potential. What are some common mistakes or pitfalls that you've seen with clients in the past that you've worked with?
1: Yeah, I think I started by saying mindset is everything. Uh, And if I had to quantify my success, I would say about 80% of it is mindset and 20% is the execution. And we are our own worst enemy. And I actually spent the last couple of weeks talking to professionals. And here's what I learned. I learned that there are three different blockers stopping people from allowing themselves to actually level up. The first one has to do with identity, meaning they don't actually believe that they're capable of doing the work.
0: And research
1: shows that most people can't rise above their own opinion of themselves. Literally, if you don't believe (laughs) in yourself, you're going to stop yourself from doing the work. So you really, really need to understand that in order to operate at the next level, you need to think like the next level. And what I usually tell people to do is to find someone that is one level above them, probably on LinkedIn, and look at their background. And if you look Mm. at a few people, you're going to see that a lot of them are just like you. They probably had similar path to get to where they are today. And that's going to encourage you to believe, oh, if they did it, I can probably do it too, right? This is someone like me who was able to achieve this goal. Then I'm probably going to be able to do it too. And that will allow you to kind of make that mindset shift. I think another, oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I I was just going to say, I think that that's such like copying other people's homework. It's so key.
1: Yeah. I mean, we all do it anyway. Right. We compare and usually it stops us. But you can use comparison to your advantage. You can use it in a constructive way to see what's possible and get the motivation that you actually need. Um, And I think another really big blocker is something that um, is all around creating fake limitations. And it's almost like we get tunnel vision and we can't see anything. And this is what happens when people stay at the same company for like five years, no promotion. And they tell me, I don't know, I'm doing all the work. You have more options, right? You don't have to stay at this company. And I think people forget that sometimes. Or they say, you know what? My manager is just never going to promote me. Did you try? Did you even ask? So sometimes we create those fake limitations because we're scared and what we need to do is to take a step back and really look at the bigger problem. I want to get promoted. Okay. What are all the options out there? Not just what you have right in front of you. What are all the options and then choose what would be right for you. So we started with identity. We're creating fake limitations. The last one is my favorite. A lot of people have an external locus of control. That means that they don't think they have any control of what's going on in their lives. They think other people control it, fate. They can't really (laughs) impact anything that happens to them. And that's a really dangerous mindset because if you don't believe you can change anything, you're never gonna try. You'll never take action, you'll never see results. Instead, you wanna believe You wanna have an internal locus of control where you believe that you can change anything, that you are responsible, that you're accountable. And the reason why, when you're responsible for everything, yes, a lot of things are gonna be your fault. If you fail, it's probably gonna be on you. But you know what? That means you have the power to create anything you want. You have the power to create success beyond anything you can imagine. Because if it's all on you, win or fail, you can make it happen. So I think those are probably the three things that stop most people.
0: Well, and I, I love all of those points. And what I'm really hearing is you taking control of your own narrative and taking control of your own options that are in front of you and not waiting for some external force or external being to make the decisions for you. And I think it hits on a point that that Rachel brought up, which is if you are working with the management team that sort of you feel like is stringing you along. Oh yeah, Maya, you know, no problem. We're going to promote you, but then they don't promote you and then it doesn't happen again. And then it doesn't happen again. And, you know, at some point I'm forgetting the quote, but it's something like, if someone shows you who they are enough times, like believe them or like, you know, from mad men,
1: People tell you who they are all the
0: time. We just refuse to believe them. Exactly. So, you know, I think in some cases it might be, unfortunately, the type of thing where, as Maya is saying, where you have lots of options in front of you, one of those might be leaving the company. You know, if you give them chance after chance and your boss kind of stringing you long string, it might finally come to say like, you know what? I got to go. This isn't the place for me.
1: Yeah, you can, you can actually mitigate the risk though. So here's what I would probably recommend. When you're, when you're thinking about a promotion, when you know it's time, when you want to have that initial conversation, get very clear with your manager about what it's going to take. Don't stay yeah. in the hypotheticals and maybe get specific KPIs that when you hit those KPIs, success is not negotiable. You literally right. did everything they asked in order to qualify yourself. And put it in writing if possible. You want to have a paper trail. Now, when that happens, it's a lot harder to actually push back, right? They can tell you it's not the right time, but they can tell you you're not ready, right? Yeah. Now, when that happens, if you get to that point and they still push back, you might want to make sure that they understand that you're not going to be there forever, right? The reason they're doing it, the reason they're pushing back is because they're pretty sure that you're going to stick around anyway. They think they can have it, you know, both ways. And you need to make sure that they understand that's not the case. You have more options, not by threatening, not by telling them that you're going to leave, but just making sure in the conversation that you're very popular, that people are approaching you, and that it's very important for your career to level up within the next three to six months because that's your plan. And if that still doesn't work,
0: hell yes, go find another employer (laughs) who will appreciate you and give you what you deserve. Exactly. And so I love this point that Christina brings up that she not only has that sort of uh, promotional plan in place, as Maya is saying, but she has goals attached to it, which is amazing. So I think we can all take a note out of Christina's notebook that that is a great thing, as Maya was saying, to kind of get that paper trail get, don't, don't talk in sort of hypotheticals, get that actual, are we looking at it by month? Are we looking at it by quarter? You know, are we looking at it by project? Like really get specific with what those measurements are going to be for you. I think that's so key.
1: Yeah. And it's also going to help you Prioritize how you spend your time. Instead of saying yes to everything, instead of putting out fires all day, you're gonna know exactly what you need to focus on to actually achieve, you know, that career growth that you're you're looking forward to. So I, I think it's a really good way to make sure because most people, you know, they wake up in the morning, they read their emails, they do the work, they don't even think in terms of growth and where they want to go. And it can be really frustrating because you work hard. You you put in an effort. It's not like you're slacking. You're just spending your time on, um, you know, activities and projects that are not demonstrating your capabilities. And if you think about it strategically, if you have a plan and if you have specific goals, that means you can pour all of your time and energy on the
0: right things and you're going to get the results. Exactly. And I think going with going with that template and going with the structure that you've talked about maya is going to be so helpful for all of us to really set that north star goal and to make sure that we're making those baby steps forward in order to get us there always kind of keeping that that bigger goal or that bigger life plan whether it's 5 years or 10 years down the line uh in mind so i'm that's why i'm so excited to ask you these sort of quick hitting, copy my homework questions, because I just feel like you are a wealth of knowledge and experience when it comes to this. So are you ready? Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Okay. What is something that you are using or doing lately that you love? Could be an app that you just started using, or maybe it's a template that you started using that you really love that you're like, oh my gosh, I've just been sharing this with everybody that I can talk to
1: yeah so i just recently created what i call my ceo schedule so i'm very big on taking control of your time and i have done it before in different formats but i actually have themed days so i really make sure that i kind of batch the same activities Uh, i have days where i do calls with my clients i have days where i create content and i have days where i you know think more strategically and it really helps with energy
0: management Yes. And did you find a template for this somewhere? Or is this something that you just kind of created that is specific for you?
1: Yeah, it actually came from a coach. Uh, Her name is Kelly Roach. And she's been doing that with her clients. And I got that template
0: and kind of made it my own, but um, really enjoy using it. I love that. And I feel like that energy management is so key, because some people are morning people, some people are afternoon people. So really setting up your schedule in a way that works for you is... Is really powerful. Really powerful. I love that. Okay, CEO days, check. Um, I'm curious for you. You know, as we all think about the the people that we surround ourselves with, or to your to your point earlier, those people that are really goal. Focus, goal-oriented into self-improvement. What are some accounts or humans that you follow, whether it's on LinkedIn or Instagram or any other social media that you just feel like, wow, every time I'm hearing from them or learning from them, I myself am, am leveling up. Who are some of those people or brands that come to mind for you? Oh
1: my gosh. Uh, so many, but I'm going to try and keep it Simple. So Alex and Leila Hormozy, uh, business owners who built a business uh, up to $100 million, and they share a lot of tips on how to get there, which I really love. Uh, I also follow Rob Dial, the mindset mentor. Uh, He has really short clips about how to manage your own mindset. And I already mentioned Kelly Roach, which is uh, a business coach who is helping me grow my business, but she has incredible, very tactical tips on what you can do, uh, whether you're growing your business or your career, by the way. Uh, you can learn a lot from her.
0: Oh, I love that. And do you follow these people on Instagram, LinkedIn, both? Where are they posting the most information?
1: Yeah, I would say both LinkedIn and Instagram. And I listen to their podcasts. They all have
0: podcasts. Uh, they all have <laughs> podcasts, too. Even yeah. better. OK, so we can we can find them in a number of places. That's super helpful. Yeah. Um, And I'm curious if you could give all of us an assignment, a homework assignment that we would do for the week or next week that you just feel like would really help us level up, get to that next point in our careers. What would that homework advice be for us? Yeah. So I think to
1: really grow your career, you're going to need three things. You're going to need clarity. You're going to need confidence and you're going to need consistency. But you have to start from the top. So clarity is all about what do I actually want? And sometimes people don't know. So here's a really good question to ask yourself. If money was no, no object, if you could achieve anything you want, what would you do tomorrow? Like really quick. Don't think about it. Yeah, Say what wow. comes to mind. That's how you're going to figure out where you want to go. That will give you the clarity and then you can work on everything else.
0: I feel like that clarity is so real and you're right. We don't ask ourselves that question enough. All right. That's a great homework assignment for all of us to ask ourselves in the coming week. Maya, where can people keep learning from you? Keep soaking in all of your goodness.
1: Yeah, well, I'm on LinkedIn. Feel free to to reach out and DM me or go to mayagrossman.com. You'll have uh, all of my resources and courses and everything that
0: I share. And again, I'll say it again, LinkedIn learning courses, everybody. So if you already have an account, which maybe some of you do or do not, you already have access to Maya and you might not even realize it. So I'll I'll plug that one, especially. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Maya. This has been extremely helpful. Um, Oh, I want to, Chris, really quick was like clarity, confidence. And what was that third C? Consistency. Consistency. All right there we go chris hopefully hopefully that helped you out uh this has been absolutely amazing maya thank you so much for your time and attention and your knowledge and sharing that with us today i really appreciate it and i hope you stay warm in austin yeah likewise (laughs) i love it thanks for joining everybody we will be back here Uh, not next Wednesday. We're taking next Wednesday off. I have a speaking engagement. So sorry about that. Uh, but the following Wednesday, we'll be back here. So not next Wednesday, the following Wednesday, 1 PM Eastern, same time, same place. I hope you have an amazing rest of the week. Bye. Whew. That was some good stuff. Thanks for being a part of this week's coffee with Kim. If podcasts are your thing, subscribe to the show and you'll see a new episode appear next week in your favorite listening app. If you want to be a part of the conversation, join us live on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern over on LinkedIn. You can RSVP at getcoffeewithkim.com. I want you to have your questions answered because why should I get to have all the fun? And let's be honest, you know how to ask some hard hitting questions. My guests and I cannot wait to meet you. See you soon.